Welcome to today's episode of the Big Sauce Podcast. Today, uh, Cormac and Luke will be debating eight players uh, on who is better coming into this season and just all around throughout their career, like who's better overall. So the rules are each person will get two minutes to say to uh, tell the audience why their player is better than the other, and then after each person goes their first round, they'll just straight out argue uh, the other person's points. All right, so you'll get it go after the first round. It's pretty simple. So, Luke, I'll let you start first, talking about Juan Soto versus <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, go. Okay. Um, so, my, my pick for this one will be Juan Soto. Um, I, I think Juan Soto is the best hitter in all of baseball. Um, he has... He's without a doubt the most complete hitter. He has the contact, he has the power, he has the on base percentage. So I mean, he has just been an absolute stud hitter every year. Uh, his rookie year, he finished second in MVP voting when he was 19. Uh, he hit 22 home runs with 292 on base percentage, or 292 batting average, and a 406 on base percentage. I mean, so any on base percentage over 400 is great. And I mean, he's had a 400 on base percentage all three years in his career so far. So I think he is just the by far the better hitter and maybe the best hitter in all of baseball. So, I mean, he led the league in batting average on base percentage, slugging OPS plus and OPS uh, and, o- and just regular OPS along with intentional walks when you're 21 years old. I mean, that's insane for a 21 year old to baseball intentional walks. I mean, that just shows how much respect he gets from other, pl- um, from other managers, other teams um, as the, just a player. And I think he's just just going to keep getting better from here because he has all the tools of a superstar hitter. So I think just this, the sky's the limit, especially in offense. He's got he's kind of fat, really a fast guy, but he stole 12 bases in 2019, only one cut stealing. So that's solid numbers. And he's an all right defender. Um, so I mean, but that's not really what you you're not expecting defense from your when you want him. You want him because he's going to hit. And he's just gonna be an incredible hitter, and I mean Tatis is a great player, but I think Soto's offense is just um, so much better than Tatis's uh, that Soto is the better player in my eyes. All right, Cormac, uh, now you get your chance to argue why Tatis is better than Soto. <clears throat> so obviously Soto is a great player, one of the best hitters in baseball, maybe the best true hitter in baseball, but. It's not as if Fernando Tatis is a slack when it comes to hitting. Tatis has by far the be- better glove, by far the better arm, and he's a shortstop. He's going to lead you on the field. He's basic- He's like a captain out there. When you stick Juan Soto in left field, he's not going to do anything. He's just sitting there looking at the stars playing defense. <laughs> Soto's got to lead the field. He's a leader out there on the field, clearly. Also, when it comes to hitting... We know Soto is a 301 career hitter. Amazing. He's got 39 career home runs, but he's only played in one complete season when it comes to the games. But he's done it in back-to-back years now. We saw he finished fourth in MVP voting this this year, won the Silver Slugger for shortstops, best shortstop hitter in baseball last year. When we look at his projections, baseball reference has him batting around 290-33 home runs. We have Juan Soto batting 293-27 home runs. I don't know about you, but I'm taking those bombs over that over that 0.2 average any day of the week. 
We know that Juan Soto is going to walk a lot more than Tatis, and Tatis is going to strike out. But if that's your argument against them, everyone in the league is striking out a lot now. That's the, that's the way you play the game now in the MLB. You're trying to hit bombs. That's what I like about Ta- Fernando Tatis. I think if I'm building a franchise around a player, I'm building it around Tatis easily. He's easily have the better glove. He's a shortstop, which is probably the most important position in baseball than the pitcher and the catcher. And he's a great hitter, good leader. He's young. I love the way he plays. If I'm an owner, he's going to get me a lot of money. I'm a big fan of Tatis. I'm very high on him. All right. So now I'll give Luke a chance first to rebut some of Cormac's points. All right. So, I mean, I, I agree with what you said. Uh, Tatis is, without a doubt, the better defender. But, I mean, you like you said, you stick Soto in left field. But, I mean, his job is not to play defense as a left fielder. His job as a left fielder is to hit, and that's all he's going to do. And, I mean, you said that their average is probably going to be similar. I think Soto will probably outperform the 290, uh, 293. But also Soto has the on-base percentage, which is something Tatis is only all right at doing. He's pre- projected at 371, which is good. But Soto is projected at 412, which is great. That is going to be in the top of the uh, league every single year. And Soto strikes out less. I mean, not significantly less. And you said, I agree, that strikeouts aren't really as a big deal anymore because everyone's doing it. But, I mean, when you strike out less, when you walk more, uh, I'll take I'll take that um, any day. And I think 27 home runs is kind of low for him after he hit 34 uh, in 2019 and uh, 22 in 2018 in just 116 games. So, I mean, I think he'll probably outperform um, a lot of those statistics. But, I mean, I think it's it's close, but I, I'll take Soto just because he is the better offensive player. Uh, Cormac, uh, do you have anything to say uh, to Luke about that, or do you think Luke won? Um, I mean, no, I think, um, yes, Soto could be the better offensive player. There's no doubting that. But it, when you're building a team around a guy, I'm looking at Tatis. Plus the fact that the Nationals are just sticking Juan Soto out there because it's a position that you have to play if you're in the NL. Look at Juan Soto. Negative 14 defensive run safe throughout his career. Tatis has negative two. Clearly a better defender, and he plays shortstop, way more important position on the field. And it's not as if you're having a guy who's going to be like freaking Ozzy Smith out there who's not can't hit. Tatis rakes. I mean, he's going to hit bombs every year. Um and I'm I, I love my Tatis. Uh I'm not saying Juan Soto is a bad player. I'm saying they're both top 10. But uh I just if I'm building a franchise around a player, it's Fernando Tatis. All right. I think that's pretty good on both sides. Uh, let us know who you guys have and who you guys have throughout the rest of the episode on Instagram at the Big Sauce Podcast. Just DM us, whatever, tag us, whatever. All right, so now let's go into round two. Uh, this is Christian Yelich versus Cody, Cody Bellinger. Cormac, I'll let you start it off this time with, and yeah. Yeah, so obviously I think Cody Bellinger is a better player. Not for deep down in my heart but for the point of this video because Cody Bellinger is an absolute stud I mean we saw him be the 2019 MVP um had a little bit of a down year this year but Yelich had the exact same down year if not worse we know that um 
Also, Bellinger struggled a little bit in 2018, but he was so good in 2019 and so good in 2017 and still hit 25 home runs in 2018 and 12 this year. 12 this year is pretty solid. Um, also, just the much better fielder, much better base runner. Um, Bellinger is arguably the fastest player in baseball. He's going to st- swipe so many bags. I think he has six this year, 15 in 2019. Um, compared to Yelich's, um, how many did he have this year? Can't find it, but I know he had, I know he didn't have as many. He had four this year. Um, actually, Yelich is a better race runner. Never mind. But <laughs> um, Bellinger is a much better outfielder. He's got a great glove. Um he won the gold glove in 2019 MVP rookie of the year. Um, he's going to be an all-star center fielder for you. Plus the fact that he's a center fielder and not a corner outfielder like Yelich. Um, both great players. Uh, and for the sake of this video, I'm taking Bellinger just cause um, I like him a little bit more when it comes to this. I think this year for, if my, for my eye, he's going to bat around 270, probably going to hit 35, 40 bombs. On the plus side, he could hit 45 to 50. I don't think Yelich will be nearly as high of that. I mean, the highest we've seen Yelich hit was 44 in an anomaly season. He had uh, 12 this year, exact same as um, Bellinger, but I think Bellinger's a little bit better of a power hitter, um, and I'm taking him, uh, Bellinger over Yelich. All right, Luke, who do you have, Yelich or Bellinger? Uh, yeah, so I, I got Yelich. Um I agree, uh, Bellinger is a better defender, <clears throat> but uh, I think Yelich is, like Soto, the better uh, better pure hitter, and so we saw him win MVP in 2018, and we saw Bellinger win in 2019, but I think if it wasn't for Yelich, uh, I think he broke his kneecap in 2019, if it wasn't for that, I think he would have had that MVP award, because he led the league in the in the, uh, all the triple slash categories, he hit 44 home runs, which didn't lead the league, I don't know who led the league. Um, and he stole 30 bases that year. So he went 30-30, which is something we have not yet seen Bellinger do. I mean, it's something that I think he has the potential to do because he is a he's a fast player. But, I mean, I think Yelich uh, is just the better hitter. And this year, even with a down year, he still hit 12 home runs, which is a very good number in 60 games. He only hit 205, but he had a 356 on base percentage, which when you hit 205 is a very good number. And, I mean, even with that um, – Two or five batting average. He still had a 111 OPS plus, so he was still an above average major league hitter. And uh, Bellinger's this year was only 113, so just Bellinger was just slightly better uh, than Christian Yelich was. And uh, Bellinger, the thing with him is he's been a little inconsistent. He it seems whenever there's an even year, he has struggled. Uh, we, he struggled in 2018. He struggled again this year. So I mean, I I don't I'm not really sure what that is. But with Yelich, basically ever since he's come to the more hitter-friendly uh, Miller Park, I, I think they changed the name to that. I don't know what it is now, but whatever. Um, ever since he arrived there, he's basically been one of the best offensive players in all of baseball. So I completely expect to rebound from both of them. But I think Yelich, Yelich's ability as a power hitter, a, a speed threat, and just makes him, uh, I think, the safer choice, especially for someone who's a three-time silver slugger. Yeah, uh, and on uh, that point that uh, Luke had, they changed the name to American Family Field. It just, oh, <laughs> just yeah, to get you. that out. It doesn't sound as good, though. I don't know. 
Yeah, but uh, Cormac, do you have anything to rebut against uh, Luke? Hey, I'm not one of those spiritual people, but if we look at Bellinger's statistics, he was good in 2017, good in 2019. Those are odd years. 2021, odd year. It's like the Giants and winning three rings. They're just dominant in those years, baby. Bellinger's going to win the MVP next year. Con it. Okay. We saw in down years. We saw predictions have down years. You saw when they have down years, Bellinger uh, still had a better year than Yelich. When Yelich hit the ball, he hit it hard. But he swung and missed so much. And I can't rely on a guy like that for the purpose of this video or, or podcast to build a franchise around. And I just think... Bellinger on the board. I'm taking him over him. All right, let's keep it moving. Now we have the two Chicago shortstops, Tim Anderson, Javi Baez. Luke, who do you have? Uh, so I went Tim Anderson. It seems like I'm making a theme of picking the worst defensive players, but uh, I guess that's just what I – I guess I uh, value offense more. So I picked Tim Anderson. They're, they are both incredible players. Um, I think – but I think, again, Tim Anderson is just a better offensive player than Javier Baez is. Tim Anderson won the batting title in uh, 2019 when he hit 335, which is a great number. And again, he, he hit 322 this year, which is another very good number. So, I mean, he has, he after finishing seventh in rookie of the year, rolling in 2016, he kind of struggled the next two years. Uh, but then in 2019, he really found his stride when, I, like I said, he hit uh, 335. So that's a great number. He hit 18 home runs, which for a shortstop, you'll take that any day. Um, and then this year he hit 10 home runs, which is another a good number in in just uh, 49 games. He also led the league in runs scored with 45. So, I mean, he is an elite-level contact hitter with solid pop and solid speed. So, I mean, he is just a very complete offensive player. Defensively, he's only all right. Um, his career uh, defensive war is just 1.2, which is not great, but it's okay. So, I mean, the thing with him is just he's one of the best offensive shortstops in all of baseball. And I think for that reason, um, with Baez, we just haven't seen uh, the kind of consistency when, that we hope to see when he was drafted. I think sixth overall, I think that's what it was. Um, I think that because Anderson over the last two years has been one of the best offensive players, I think that's why I take Anderson over Baez. Cormac, who do you have? Well, I don't have this person. I was forced to have this person. But I I was forced to have Javier Baez. Um, Javier Baez is still a great player. A lot of people like to say he had a down year in 2020. He, the man won the gold glove. He's one of the best... <clears throat> excuse me. One of the best defending shortstops in baseball. We know in 2019 he was also an all-star. 2018 he was an all-star. Finished second in MVP voting. He has one bad year, and all of a sudden people think he's horrible. No. In 2019, he had a 281 average. 2018, he had a 290 average. 273, 273, 289. The man's been good throughout his whole career, but in the cupcake season, he has a bad year, and people think he's bad all of a sudden. Not to mention, Tim Anderson's a horrible fielder. All he does is hit for average. I don't care about average. It's 2021. That stats out the door. I average is irrelevant. If you don't hit bombs, I don't want you on my team. Yo, Javier okay. Baez hits bombs. Tim Anderson wow. doesn't. 
And what he does, he flips out because he never hits them. So he does all these crazy bat flips. He's cold. <laughs> the man can't field. He's overrated. He's not a top 10 shortstop. He's borderline top 10. All he does is tip for average. Um, and if you're a shortstop in today's game, that's not going to cut it. Especially when you got front Javier Baez on the board, who it's who just rakes, strikes out a lot. You could say that. Yes, everyone strikes out. Just like the Fernando Tatis argument, everyone's going to strike out a lot. And when you're Javier Baez and you're making defensive plays like that, hitting bombs like that, and you're gonna be just being an absolute stud like that, I'm going to take it. Fernando, I mean, Javier Baez over Tam Anderson any day of the week. Let's go, baby. All right, Luke, you seem like you have something to say. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the your argument of you need to hit bombs is I I think not true at all because <laughs> you need so if you just if you're hitting solo home runs and striking out all the time you're gonna score like four runs a game which is not good enough because you don't hit more than like four home runs in a game so if you hit four solo home runs that's that's not good you need people who are gonna get you get on base you need people who are gonna get hits and be on base so that way that the power hitters can drive those runners in. And I think that's what Tim Anderson is for the White Sox, and I think that's what he would be for any team. I mean, he is one of the best hitters in all baseball, and he just finds a way to get hits. He hits the ball all over the field, um, and he also is in, he's also really fast. He doesn't steal a lot of bases, but he's in the 92nd percentile in sprint speed, so that is really good. And, I mean, I agree that he's not a great defender, and Baez is a great defender. But, I mean, Baez this year had a 59 OPS plus, which is absolutely terrible. That is a terrible number because he doesn't walk. He had seven walks this year, which is, again, terrible. Um, He had seven walks. He didn't hit for average this year. So, I mean, I think Baez, if he can't get that average up, he is going to be basically just a glove-only player. All right. We're about at the 20-minute mark, so we got to keep it moving. Uh, Round four. Anthony Rendon versus Alex Bregman. Luke, I'll let you go first. Who do you have? Uh, so I went Anthony Rendon. Uh, Rendon has was previously a really underrated player because I think people just kind of – he was overshadowed by Bryce Harper uh, when he was in Washington. But once Harper left, he was given the chance to be in the spotlight. And uh, he really shined in that spot. And he proved that he can be a superstar-level player. Um, he's only a one-time All-Star, but like I said, he was kind of overshadowed. In that during that one All-Star, he finished third in MVP voting when he hit 319 with 35, 34 home runs, 412 on base percentage. So he had a great year. He he's led the league in doubles twice, so he can get he hits the ball into the outfield, gets extra base hits. Um, he's an all-right defender. He's not a great defender, and I mean at third base, with all the great defenders today, it's kind of hard to to tell. But, I mean, I think third base, if you have just a solid defender, that's all you need at third base, just someone who's going to make the plays that you need to that need to be made. And I think when you hit like he does, it's okay if you're not making all the flashy plays like Matt Chapman or Nero Nairado will. So, I mean, um, Anthony Rendon is just too good of a hitter, too, too, uh, too much of a complete hitter. He hits for power, he hits for average. So, I think I, I take him over Bregman. Bregman had a down year, but... Um, it's a cupcake season, so I think he'll bounce back. And I, I really like Bregman. I think he is a very good player. But I think Rendon is just uh, a better offensive player. And that's why I'll take um, Rendon over Bregman. So, Cormac, that means you're going to take Reg- 
Bregman, uh, why do you think Bregman is a better player than Rendon? Well, obviously, they're, I think, the two best third basemen in baseball. It's just which one do you prefer? And I'm a Bregman guy. You could say, oh, yeah, but he's a cheater. Oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, that. No. He finished fifth in MVP voting in 2018, fifth in 2019, had a down year this year. But that's like calling Christian Yelich bad because he had a down year. The guy's going to rake next year. Um, he loves to hit bombs. He has a very high average. He's always going to get on base. We saw in 2019 he had a 423 on base percentage. This year, he had a 350. Not incredibly bad, especially for someone who bats 242, which is also not that bad by today's standards. Not what we'd like to see. But he's still going to hit bombs. I think roughly we'll see around 30 to 35 this year. Um for a third baseman, if you're going to bat 275, 280 with a 400 on-base percentage, I'll take that any day of the week. He's great on that Astros team. Um, I think he's a very solid player. Maybe I think these are the two best infielders in baseball, maybe. We saw um, in 2019 at a plus 1,000 OPS, and in 2018 at a 926. Great numbers compared to Rendon's. 1,000 last year, and I know not, and by that I mean 2019, and 909 in um, 2018. They're roughly the same. Bregman just happens to beat him out by a little bit. I'm taking Bregman over him. He's going to win an all star, going to win the Silver Slugger. Um, and if he's going to finish top five in MVP vote and give me that any day of the week, the only time, I mean, um, Rendon did that in 2019, finished top five. Bregman did it twice. All right, strong points. Um, actually, Rendon's done it twice too. He finished fifth in 2014. Oh yeah, but that's like seven years ago. That's, that's the past. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Luke, you got anything else to say before we keep it moving? Um, just a little bit. I mean, I I, I think they're both great players, and like Quamex said, I think Bregman's gonna get a lot of hate just because of everything that's happened. But you know, I think they're both still very very good players. And uh, they've both proven that they can be clutch in the postseason. Um, if you watched the World Series, you saw some of those absurd stats that they would put up. Um, of talking about Rendon in the playoffs uh, and what he had done, like in uh, high pressure situations, and it was insane. And um, so I think they're both. Uh, they have that clutch gene. They can perform when it matters most. And I think these are two great players. But I just take Rendon by a little bit. All right, let's keep it moving. We got round five, the the pitcher round. We don't really talk about pitchers much on this podcast, but this is our only round. This is our uh, we got two rounds talking about pitchers today, so I hope that makes you guys happy. I guess uh, Cormac, I'll let you go first. We got Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber. Who you got? I'm taking Garrett Cole any day on this one. Um, I got shoes on this one, and I think Garrett Cole's just a little bit of a better pitcher. We know Shane Bieber won the Cy Young lap this in 2020, but Garrett Cole's finished top five in three consecutive years. And if you're going to use the Rendon argument about how he finished top five in MVP voting in 2014, not to mention Garrett Cole finished fourth in 2015, um, he's probably the best strikeout guy in baseball, in my opinion, him or DeGrom. Um, I think those are the two best pitchers in baseball. Um, we saw in 2019 he had 326. Um, went on that absolute tear of winning like 19 games in a row or something. Bieber's only been in the league for three years. We know he had 122 this year, but 
he um only had 259 last year uh in 2019 he could have been injured he only pitched 214 innings but that's the exact same amount as cole actually he just struck out a lot less not to mention he struck out a lot less in 2018 posting a worse era he had one really good season don't get me wrong and he was very good in 2019 also but when you strike out that many guys compared to a guy that strikes out 100 less than you in you not to mention you also post an era that is just as good or better than his i'm taking that over any day in 2018 bieber had a 4.55 era in 2018 paul had a 2.88 then he had 2.5, then a 2.84. He hasn't had a negative th- anything above three since 2017. The guy is just an absolute beast. He's phenomenal in Houston, phenomenal in New York. I think the best pitcher in baseball. His ERA plus was 144, 185, 180, um, 151 over the last three years compared to um, Bieber's 95, 145, and this anomaly in the cupcake season, 281. He's really good. Don't get me wrong. His ERA was 1.6 last year. But in a cupcake season, 60-game season, when we're talking about last three years and a guy that we're trying to build our team around, give me Garrett Cole any day of the week. He strikes out more batters. He has a better ERA. He's just a way better pitcher, in my opinion. And I think Bieber is probably the fifth best pitcher in baseball, somewhere around that margin. Over Cole, I don't, I don't know. All right. Luke, who do you have? All right, so I, I went with Shane Bieber. It's it's kind of a tough one. I mean, I I was forced to pick Bieber, but I, I like Shane Bieber. I think he's a really good pitcher. So, I think so. You were comparing Cole's 2018 when Cole was 27 years old, right in his prime, to Bieber's rookie year, which I don't think is a fair comparison. You can't compare someone's prime seasons with a with a player's rookie year, their first time ever seeing major league uh, major league action. And you know, for a rookie season, I think that was a pretty good one. For that. It wasn't great. It's not going to win rookie of the year, but that's a solid first time in the majors. Uh, he started 20 games. He had a nine, 9.3 strikeouts per nine. So, I mean, those are solid numbers. But then uh, over the last two years, he has been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, in 2019, he was an all-star. He finished fourth in Cy Young voting, um, and he was the all-star game MVP. He led the league in walks per nine. So he does a great job of keeping the ball in the strike zone and making guys put it in play. And even when he keeps the ball in the strike zone, he has had a great strikeout per nine. He struck out 10.9 in 2019 and 14.2 to lead the league uh, in 2020, which was better than Garrett Cole. Um, and then he also led the league in complete games and shutouts. 214 innings pitch is very good in today's game. So, I mean, he is he can pitch um, longer innings, and he can go out there, and he'll be your ace type of guy. And you said about talking about how Cole strikes out more guys. Um, Bieber struck out 259, 214 innings, which is a very good number. It's not the insane number that we saw Cole with 300, uh, 326, which is absurd. That's through the roof. Uh, those are numbers you just don't see. So, I mean, I, um, that's insane. But, you know, I think that strikeouts aren't the only thing that matters. If you can get guys to put the ball in play, that is and if you're able to get them to put the ball in play softly, that's just as good as a strikeout, especially if it utilizes less pitches, you can stay in that game for longer because strikeouts take more pitches, especially when guys are able to foul balls off um, and you're throwing balls because you're trying to get your curveball over and you're spiking it or you're wasting high fastballs. So, I mean, I think that Bieber's ability to put the ball in, uh, in the strike zone and still get outs 
makes him the better player. And also Bieber's only 26 years old, so he's still very young. And I think he's just going to get better uh, and better. And I think he's going to be um, one of the best pitchers in baseball. He is already, but I think he's just going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball for uh, for a long time. All right. Let's go into round six. Oh. Uh, all right, Cormac, you got something to say? All right. I, I, I think so, say. <laughs> you talk about how Shane Bieber's rookie season, he had a 4.55 ERA, I'm pretty sure. When in yeah. Coles, he had a 3.22. That's better than Coles in his second best year. Cole fin- I mean, that's better than Bieber's in his second best year. In 2019, he had a 3.28 ERA. In Cole's rookie season, he had a 3.2 ERA. Not to mention Garrett Cole's worst season, 2017, with the 4.26 ERA, was be- better than Bieber's worst season. And he's only three years into the league. You can make it the rookie year argument, but Cole dominated his rookie year. He's been dominant from the start. And when you strike out that many batters, when you walk around the same, we know that um, Cole walked 17 this year and uh, Bieber walked 21 this year. I'm taking the strikeouts any day of the week. I could care less if it takes more pitches. Um, If you're going to strike out three batters an inning, that's nine pitches minimum. That's around 15, 16, 17 pitches an inning. That's pretty solid. I'm taking that. And it's not like... Cole can't go out and give you innings. He's going to get you a lot of innings with the Yankees, like just like he did with Astros. All right. Uh, you guys good to move on? I'm good. All right. All right. Round six, we got first basemans, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Luke, I'll let you go first this time. Who you got? All right, so I got Paul Goldschmidt. First base is a position that is kind of surprisingly not super deep. So these are, without a doubt, the two best first basemen in all of baseball. Uh, They have been consistently over the past, I don't know, eight years, just been the most consistent hitters in all of baseball. I mean, so Goldschmidt had a down year in 2019. A down year for him was 260 with 34 home runs and a 346 on base percentage. For most guys, that would be a great year. He finished 20th in MVP voting in a down year. That just shows you how good he is. And then this year came back and hit 304 with a 417 on base percentage. And so, I mean, he just he came right back and hit for that average that you were, that you were accustomed to seeing from him. And I mean, just he has been he's, – he made um, six straight All-Star games, uh, All-Star teams before 2019. There was obviously no All-Star game last year. So, I mean, he he's just been one of the most consistent average power – uh, con- uh, on base percentage guys in all of baseball and he's just uh, such a good hitter and I mean he doesn't steal bases like he used to uh, which is not surprising for someone who's getting up there and for someone who was never really fast he was but he had he got good reads um, but that's not real that's kind of that's a thing of the past for him but he is just such a good hitter they're both uh, solid defenders but Freeman's defense isn't as good as it used to be uh, neither is Goldschmidt but Goldschmidt's a three-time gold glover and at first base, defense isn't the most important thing. But, I mean, I think Goldschmidt's a better defender. Um, he is, I think, just – he has better discipline at the plate. And he is the better – I think he's the better pure hitter. And he's one of the – he's probably the best first baseman of this generation. Um, he's, and so I think I'll take uh, Goldschmidt over Freeman. Uh, Cormac, that means you got Freeman. Uh, I'll let you go now. 
Let me just start out by saying that Luke was forced to pick Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> um, Freddie Freeman is easily the best first baseman in baseball. I'm pretty sure anyone who disagrees with that doesn't watch the game. In our list, we always have him as the first best first baseman in baseball. Um, we saw him win the MVP this year, but it's not like he's been bad before. He's been straight dominant. I mean, finished eighth in MVP voting in 2019, fourth in 2018, sixth in 2016. 5th in 2013, 23rd in 2014. The guy just purely rakes. The last time his average was, was below 290 was in 2015 when it was 275. And the year before that, it was 288. And then two, three, 19. The guy just hits for average. He hits bombs. He hits so many doubles. He gets so many hits. He's going to play in pretty much every game throughout the season. He'll lead the league in games pretty much every year, which is always a plus. He had 13 bombs this year, 38 in 2019, and 23. First baseman numbers are great if you're going to bat that high of an average. We saw he had a 462 on base this year. and It's never been below 350 since 2012 when he was a rookie, when it was his sophomore season in the MLB. Not to mention he's a great fielder. He won the gold glove in 2018. Um, one of the best fielding first baseman in baseball. I'm not saying Goldschmidt isn't because he won the gold glove in 2017, I'm pretty sure. But they, there's just two different levels. We know Goldschmidt's the second best first baseman in baseball, but it's just on a whole nother level. We know Goldschmidt by the 260 in 2019. Those aren't numbers that you love to see, especially for a first baseman who is considered the second best first baseman in baseball. We know he's going to hit bombs, um, but Goldschmidt, I mean, but Freeman's going to do the same thing with the higher average, um, playing better defense, getting more hits, getting more hard hit balls. Um, I think Freeman's just much better. Not to mention, he walks more. All right. Uh, Luke says that. Goldschmidt is the best first baseman of the generation, and no one cares about the generation. We're talking about him now. Buster Posey is the best catcher of this generation, but he's not the best catcher in baseball right now. No, he's not. Hey, but exactly. you said Freeman's the better defender. Freeman is not the better defender. Shut up, bro. <laughs> Freeman is not the better defender. Freeman is a good defender, but Goldschmidt is better. Freeman's a better defender. He won the gold no, glove. Goldschmidt's a three-time gold glover. Okay, yeah, probably like ten years ago when Goldschmidt <laughs> was like not forty-five years old. How old is Goldschmidt now? He's thirty-three. Yeah, he's thirty-three exactly. Freeman's thirty-one. That's two years different. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Alright, as oh you guys God. know, know you guys listening at home, Cormac is not like the also, best at doing math, so... Oh my God. <laughs> also, Freeman had a 6.3. I mean, his defensive run saved over the last three years is it's 10. Goldschmidt's is 12. So, your well, That's higher. Point. But, but, <laughs> but, it's not like he's smacking. And Freeman's F4 is also much better. His average is better. His on-base percentage is better. His slugging percentage is better. His OPS is better. His WRC plus is better. His K percentage is lower. His walk percentage is the exact same. So, I think my point stands. Uh, All right, uh, bro. <laughs> okay, right. whatever. You're talking to a wall on this one. Okay.
<laughs> Grace, you could insert a clip of Luke saying Freeman's the best first baseman in baseball too. You really think you really think I can do that? I'm ju I'm just saying. All right, I'll. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll and you said I'll, that Freeman has better walk rates. Freeman does not have better walk rates. They have extremely similar walk rates. Freeman had I better just walk said rates the walk year. rates are the exact same. Oh, okay. Never mind. I didn't hear you then. Whatever. Here, if I You're find the like, clip of five. Luke saying that Freeman's the best player, uh, I'll put it in right now. All right. So now let's move it in. Uh, the final round, round seven. Aaron Judge versus George Springer. Cormac, I'll let you go first. Um, you guys know I'm high on Aaron Judge. I think he's the third best player in baseball. Don't get me wrong. Springer's, Springer's great. He's a good center fielder. The fact that he plays center field helps him out, too. But I think their hitting levels are just two on different planets. Not to mention, um, Judge has got a great arm. Um when he is healthy, I'm. You guys know I'm, I speak so highly of him. Should have won the MVP in 2017. Um, he's gonna bat around 280, 285 when he's healthy. Gonna hit moon shots. Um, I mean, it, he played in 28 games this year, but hit nine home runs. Not to mention he was injured for roughly like 10 of those games, coming back from injury. Um, he's gonna hit for a very high on base percentage. Get 422 on base percentage in his rookie year, 336 last year in 2020, when he had somewhat of a down season, batting 260 home runs and 260 average in a down season. So solid. When we look at Springer's numbers over here for a little bit, we know he finished 13th in the MVP voting this year. He had a good season for the Astros. He had a really good season, 270 average, 360 on base. And he's been amazing for pretty much since 2017. Um, but I think when it, when you look at the bombs, which I love, and you look at the on-base percentage, considering the fact that they're roughly the same and judges is even a little higher and you look at their defense and the judge have, has a much better arm. I think it's hard not to take judge, but I could go either way. Um, I'm just really high on judge when he's healthy. I think it's, he's just arguably the most fun player to watch in baseball. It feels like every at bat, he's going to go deep. Um, it's kind of like watching Mike Trout play a little bit. So if they're both healthy, I'm taking Judge any day. All right, Luke, who do you got? All right, so so I got George Springer, uh, and I agree with you, Cormac. When he's healthy, he is maybe the scariest guy in baseball to face. I mean, he's what he's six seven, two hundred eighty two pounds. I mean, though that Air is muscle. like Air muscle. That is like the same size as Zion Williamson. So I mean, that is insane. Okay. And I mean, Did as not, a Red Sox yeah. fan, he is. It is scary when he is when he is batting. I mean, it is scary to see him up there. He is uh, a dominating presence. But I think Springer, Springer is faster. Um, and Springer is also a Gold Glove level defender, just like Judges. They're both very good defenders. Um, but I think Springer has just been able to stay healthy more in his career. Judge has when Judge is healthy, he is great. But Judge has not been able to stay healthy since his rookie season. Of the, he has not played a full season other than his rookie year, whereas Springer has he led the league in games played in uh, 2016. So he's been a very consistent player for the Astros. Uh, he's proven that he can play in the playoffs. Uh, he won World Series MVP when he had one of the greatest World Series of all time when he hit five home runs. And, I mean, I think Springer has – he's got the better average. He's faster. Uh, even though he doesn't see a lot of bases, I think he has better speed. Um, and Judge – I know Cormac, you're not really you don't 
regard strikeouts very much. Um, but Judge has some of the worst strikeout rates in all of baseball. He was third percentile in 2019, fourth in 2018, and fifth in 2017. So I mean, he's been getting worse, which is kind of a scary, kind of scary. His whiff percentage is fourth percentile, second percentile, second percentile. So I mean, those are like bottom of the league numbers, which is not great. And I know you don't regard strikeouts very much. And I'm not saying Springer doesn't strike out because he does. But, I mean, Judge has strikes out. I mean, he led the league in strikeouts his rookie year, and he strikes out maybe the most of any player in all of baseball. So, I mean, I think Judge has the power, but I think Springer is a better conduct hitter. Um, it's really close on defense. I'm not really sure there. But, I mean, Springer's a center fielder. Center field is uh, a more demanding position where you have to cover significantly more ground than right fielders do. So, I mean, I think I'll take – I'll take Springer. It's very close, but I think I take Springer just because I think he is the slightly more complete player. All right, Cormac, do I say before we wrap up the podcast? No, I mean, it's really just what you're looking at for these two players. If you want a guy who's going to go up there and hit you bombs and just be a cannon out in right field, that you go with Judge. But if you're looking for a guy who's just going to lead a team in center field with a pretty good average and hit for contact, that's who you're looking for in Springer. So it's really any way you want to go with those guys. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, this is like 40, 40 minutes long, a little bit more. So for you guys that like the longer podcast, you're welcome. Uh, we'll be back soon. Peace.